Happy holidays! We have two Holly Jolly replays and a brand new episode for you leading up to Christmas here at the Positively Joy podcast. On December 15th, Angel McCoy and I talk about our connection to Mary, the mother of God, and Elizabeth, her cousin, younger woman and older woman, newly pregnant and barren for many years. And then on December 22nd, Shay Watson of the Pantry Podcast shares his thoughts on Joseph, Mary's husband. As a father, Shay discusses fatherhood and what it must have been like for Joseph. And on Christmas Day, I'll have a brand new episode on my favorite Christmas show. I'll let you know what it is later, and I'll talk about some of yours too. All of us at the Positively Joy Podcast wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. I love my God more than my feelings. And and I have to put my feelings aside right now because he's the one who's guiding me. He's the one who propels me forward. Without him, I sit and I sit still. And it's amazing to watch Joseph start to walk into this, into this position of, okay, God, here I am. That was Shay Watson, who knows a lot about being a dad. And you'll hear from him talking about Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of God, in just a moment. I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15, verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. Merry Christmas, everybody. I have a special show for you today. But before we get to it, I want to wish you and your family, wherever you are all around the world, a very Merry Christmas. And because we appeared on the charts in France this week, I want to have a very special thank you to my listeners in France. Merci beaucoup d'avoir écouté et joyeux Noël. I said, Merry Christmas and thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Shay Watson is a husband, a dad, and the co-host, along with his lovely wife, Michelle, of the Pantry Podcast. Shay knows a lot about being a family man, and it was fitting for me to ask him to discuss the role of Joseph in the Nativity story. We tell the story every year, and we talk about Mary as we should, and we talk about the birth of the Christ child. But what about Joseph? Listen as Shay drops some serious wisdom about the husband of Mary. Sure, Watson, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm really happy to talk to you. 
Oh my gosh, Yvette, it's so exciting just to finally be able to sit down and talk with you. I know that you and my wife have talked to, you know, many times, but it's like, we've never had this opportunity to just sit down and have a conversation, especially biblical conversation. I know. And even though we did actually meet, we met at the Spark Convention and the NRB Convention in, uh, in Grapevine, Texas, uh, earlier this year, we it's, it wasn't like this. We didn't get a chance to really have a good conversation. So I'm really looking forward to this, especially on this topic. And I have to tell you, Shay, that the idea, when the idea came to me to have a conversation about Joseph, uh, you know, the husband of Mary, the mother of God, you were the first person. I mean, literally, you were the first person that came to mind and said, I need to see if Shay would like to sit down and have a conversation with me about that. Because you are a husband, you are a dad, uh, you are a man of God, you are biblical. And so, you know, you were the complete package. So I'm glad you said yes. Man, I, I am humbled. I am humbled. I, you give me more props than I feel like I deserve. <laughs> no, NRB was cool. I didn't get to meet a lot of people because you're right. I was performing those duties. You know, sometimes we have to step up and take on that role. So I was watching our little two-year-old. So actually, I was having fun, too, at NRB. It was awesome. That's so great. Well, so I have to say, so I went on your website. I said, okay, well, you know, I want to tell, you know, the audience a little bit about Shay. When asked for a bio, <laughs> it says, Shay replies, I'm just a man who loves Jesus. Oh, and, yeah. And you are, you are, but I want to know a little bit more than that. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, Shay Watson, uh, 2014, I hit rock bottom, but I hit the rock of salvation. Um, and so from that point on, it's just been fire. It's like, okay, man, wow, identity in Christ, this is awesome. Uh, from there, I've been in Bible college. Um, I'm ministry leader at church. I'm also life group ministry leader in our church. Uh, we run a, a Kenya food pantry out of uh, Kisumu, Kenya. Uh, we work with churches like globally, like over in Kenya. And it's just an awesome thing. I just love being in the Lord. I love talking about God. I love encouraging people in the word of God because that is the light. That is what brings us to where we need to be in life. Mm, absolutely. So the topic today, the topic today is we are 13 days, maybe, maybe 13, 14 days away from Christmas day. Um, and I read an article uh, from Christianity Today, Christianity Today that talked about Joseph. And I also saw the Chosen TV show, their new movie called The Chosen Christmas, The Messengers, which is at theaters, but also is going to be on YouTube uh, Sunday night. We're talking on a Saturday. This is going to run on Thursday, so it'll be too late, but I bet they will show that again. Uh, so, I, but I, But I saw that, First day it opened, December 1st, and the characterization of Joseph, again, really piqued my curiosity, just like it did when I read this article um, about Joseph and the role that he played. And Joseph was a man, and how did he accomplish what he accomplished in that time period with the expectations of men at that time uh, and how he was there for Mary? And so you know, after reading that article and then seeing the movie, I said, I really want to have a conversation. And, and as I said, I thought of you. So um, a little bit about the article. Uh, the article is from the perspective of a man who, um, who was overseas and was in a, found himself in a position where he did, he did not have the opportunity to be able to take care of his family. And he says, 
I've since thought of Joseph, Mary's husband, who also had to flee and deal with the frustrations of providing without stability. And he mentioned that at the time where he was, men were depressed, turned to alcoholism and other things. He goes on to say that Joseph could have become like those men. Uh, he could have resented people. He could have resented God for telling him to marry a woman who his, his people around him might have said deserved divorce and not his support. But that's not how the scriptures portray Joseph. The writer says that, you know, we see the man God selected to parent his son, accepting God's unexpected direction at each step. How did Joseph do it? The writer asks. And so that's my question. My first question to you, Shay, what kind of man do you envision uh, Joseph being and, and how do you think he handled this incredible responsibility? As I'm thinking Joseph, right? Small portion of Joseph in the Bible. Yep. But when you see the actions that he takes, what came to my mind was built for a season. You know, he was built for this season. His, his background, his lineage. Um, it took me to actually Esther 4, 4, 4.14, where it says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I mean, we sit there and we look at the Davidic lineage, and then we look at Joseph being in that lineage, right? So you think of Joseph, you know, here he is, he's engaged. Here, you know, his parents, you know, this is all done by the parents. Uh, it's contractual, you know, they paid some kind of bribe or some kind of, you know, uh, what do we call it in Kenya? I can't even remember. But anyways, we, they pay off, you know, they bring some goats or some, you know, some cows. Some kind uh, of a dowry, maybe? A dowry, there we go. Yeah. And, and, you know, marriage actually happens before the ceremony. So a lot of the things that we see happening, you know, with Mary in, in, in that position are happening before they've even had the opportunity to go to the ceremony. And so when I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, here we have Joseph. Now think, his family, lineage. So he's a pillar in the community. He's definitely religious, uh, not a priest. He's not an elder, but he was holy. Think about this. He, he was beautifully holy because of, and you can see this through this whole story. He was saved um, and he had this foundation to where when it came time, he could, it, when God would turn and, and speak, he had ears to hear. And I thought that that was just one of the one of the many notes that I have taken on Joseph. But I, I don't want to hold, I want to hog it all up because I love conversation. But but you know he took on this form as a servant. He took on this form of a servant. Um, I, I'm just gonna go one more, one more, one more because because this is just gonna lead in because he had huge challenges. He had huge challenges. So many what ifs. So many feelings. I mean, could you imagine? Here's your wife. You know that you've been betrothed to. You know you haven't slept with her yet. You know you're still in the beginning stages. You haven't even done the ceremony. Now here she shows up pregnant. I mean, listen. We all know community. We all we all know neighborhood. We all know all of these things. People knew. <laughs> you know, people knew. People knew something was not right. But see, Joseph, and it says in Matthew uh, 119, it says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, that's righteous, by the way, and not wanting to make her a public example, is minded to put her away secretly. Just man, yeah. righteous, right? Dikaios, used to describe true believers in God. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, it's like, you know, in a narrower sense, it, it also justice describes the punishment, you know, he had, he had a couple options here. He could have stoned her, <laughs> or, but he yeah. had mercy. He put her away, you know, was going to put her away quietly. 
But, you know, when you think of this righteous, when you think of just and righteous, this dikaios, right? Yeah. In a wide sense, it's upright, righteous, virtuous, keeping the commands of God. This is what this word means. Acting is wholly conformed to the will of God and who therefore needs no rectification in the heart or life. Wow. See, built for this season. Mm, no, absolutely. If you're listening to the show, you're already a member of the Positively Joy family. But now you can actually join our new membership levels and support the show while getting bonus content and free merch. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to learn more. I love that. And I love how you're taking that from a chapter about a woman and showing how this is for everybody. I really want to point out that you know, we're talking about Joseph and I am not saying that he played the more important role here. I mean, you just said he was a servant. We had two servants here. We had a servant in Mary who bowed low to accept the opportunity. Probably it felt more like a burden at the time because God said so, but we have another servant with Joseph. So I'm not saying that he's the most important one, but I think it's, I think he's someone that we don't really think about because as you said, there's not a lot about him in the Bible. Of course, what is there is amazing and incredible, but I just, I think it's really interesting. And I think we see a couple of stages that all revert back to the challenge that he had because of being raised in a patriarchal culture. So Let's look at stage number one. He's betrothed to this woman, and you know she seems like it's a good match. But then, as you said, everybody knew, and so that happens, and he has to make that decision. The decision that he makes, you know, as you said, could go against this patriarchal culture that he was raised in. So he makes that decision, uh, and then there's another decision that I want to talk about in a minute, but I just want to raise it now that. Once he is, once they leave and he's on the road with her, in patriarchal cultures, men feel like they are the protector and they expect to be able to take care of their families. But he was in a position where he could not do that. So there was a lot going on with Joseph that really challenged him, particularly because of how he was raised. But it was all about him being open and listening to the the message from God, right? So let's let's go to the messengers because he had two experiences with angels. I think they can shed some light on this. And again, he he listened. Number one, he listened. So let's start with chapter with uh with the first one in Matthew chapter one, beginning in verse 20. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So let's let's dissect that a little bit. What are your thoughts about that encounter, the first encounter that Joseph had with the angel? You know, I, I, 
I love when the Holy Spirit works. I'm just gonna say this because I'm, I'm looking at my notes. We have not talked to each other, y'all. <laughs> this is this is like oh, in front of in front of this. We just sat down. We're like, let's talk about this. But mm-hmm. I have those verses sitting in front of me as well mm-hmm. because I think it's really important to see that you know when the angels came and they're like, do not be afraid. He didn't shy away. You know, of course, you know, when you sit in front of an angel, I'm going to tell you, if anyone ever tells me that they've seen an angel and they didn't like have a bunch of fear in them, it's like, okay, did you really see an angel? Or like, you know, that welcome. But watch this. He listened to God. He listened to God. When we look at those sets of verses, 20 and 21, he is listening. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. But you know, that's our advantage. But Joseph is listening to the voice of God. He's listening to this messenger, right? Um, And he moves out in, an, in obedience. And now we're going to see this later on in verse 24, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But when we look at the, these two verses, it's like, fear not, fear not, fear not. How many times in our lives, right? Especially as men, uh, it's like the world is crumbling. We have a family to take care of. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like, okay, in his case, he, he, I mean, he's married. I mean, he really is married and he's got to make a decision. And this yeah. is one of the breaking points of that decision. And it's like he could have went either direction. In fact, he had already made a decision to go one direction. So uh, first you have to back out the pride because I'm, I've made a decision. How many times in life have we seen someone make a decision and then they won't pull back? It's like, hold on, we've just gave, given all of this information. Even myself, hey, I'm guilty, hello. You know, it's like all of this information and you have to like swallow and just swallow and sit there and say like, okay, I'm going to change my mind. And, you know, that, that is one thing that God is really good at is changing our minds. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you are not, uh, you know, the same as every man, uh, and you weren't raised in the time that Joseph was raised. So I'm not trying to say that you exactly know as a man, you know, what Joseph was feeling, but you probably know a little bit more than I do uh, being a man and being a father. And so, you know, if you know, just kind of reach in. We read that. I know that you, that you know what the words say in your, in your head, but just from that perspective, I just want to go a little bit deeper, that perspective as a man and as a father. Um, What is, we, we talked about fear. I mean, what would you, what do you think you would be feeling? And, and you, and you are, you are a man of God. Absolutely. If this encounter happened to you, and I know that you would want to, you would want to listen and you would want to hear, um, but what would the fear be from your perspective? I think uh, the 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 best way to approach this is like, okay, yeah, we 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 know what we want to do, <laughs> you know, in our in our godly minds, it's like, yeah, you know, you know, I would just be like, yes, God, here I am, I'm your I'm your soldier, um, and I think that in in and I can't because I don't want to speak just. I want to be more general in this because there's different people, different ways, different thoughts, different emotions. Um, okay, so a little history is I one of my ex-wives cheated on me, okay? And so in that, you're already in this like, you don't know what's going on. You know, you're in this pain, you're in this sorrow, you're like, wow, you know, I thought we had something. I thought we were going somewhere with this. And here she, she, you know, she's done this to me. Look, I'm just speaking. I'm not saying this is what Joe said, guys. I'm just saying this is an experience of myself. Wow, she did this to me. How could she do this to me? What did I do? You know, I, 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 I'm older than her. She's younger than me. I'm willing to love, take care of her, you know, build this family together. And here she is, you know, pregnant with someone else's kid. 
And it's like, so Joseph was, you know, probably feeling something here. He was probably having an emotion here. But it's amazing the turnaround. Because, I mean, if you just skip down 22, 23, 24, it's a turn. It's a turn. You, at that point in life, know that he is in the word of God. Like, he is practicing. He's not just being a, a, a hearer, but he's a doer. And I think we have to put that into perspective. And, and so with the feeling, what, what would I be feeling? It'd be a ter- it'd be a terror, but it'd be like, I love my God. And at the point that I'm at now in life, it would be like, I love my God more than my feeling. Mm. I love my God more than my feelings. And, and I have to put my feelings aside right now because he's the one who's guiding me. He's the one who propels me forward. Without him, I sit and I sit still. And it's amazing to watch Joseph start to walk into this, into this position of, okay, God, here I am. Wow. So like you said, we, we didn't prepare. And, and I like to, and I think you do too. I like to come to these conversations without a lot of preparation, but we are definitely on the same wavelength. Um, so let's move on. And, and, let me, and let me offer you the opportunity to read some scripture. Let's move on to okay. where we go next. So where, so where I was at and next, okay, so in my, in my thoughts and processes, is I want to look at obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, if we were to open up Matthew one twenty four, it says, then, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him, to, took him his wife. Um, that's amazing. It's like aroused, spoken to, and move. You know, it's like shoot, move, communicate. It's like the angel comes in, he shoots it in. He, he shoot, move, they communicate, and then moves on. Shoot, move, communicate. It's like it's amazing how he just takes that on in this obedience, right? I mean, hello, we're about to see this story unfold where he doesn't shy away from this obedience. Every time he's told to move, he moves. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't ask questions. And nothing wrong with asking questions. Look, the Bible is chock full of asking questions. We're talking about Joseph today, though. We're talking about this man. And, yeah. and this man was like, I mean, look, receive Mary, go to Egypt, return to Jerusalem. You know, he listened to, again, he listened to the voice of God. And when the messengers came, he didn't hesitate. Mm-hmm. He didn't hesitate. And, and, it, and it actually brings me back to that preparation. Like, like God prepares us. Like we're talking about moving. So we're getting ready to move to Egypt, right? Or we're getting ready to move. Well, take, first it's the wife. Let's not jump ahead. I'm trying not to jump ahead because I'm just i I'm a Bible nerd. And it's just like, ah, this, this is such an awesome story. And, and uh, so, so that's where I'm at. That, that would be my next step is, is the decision, this decision. And he didn't make it his decision. His decision was to put her away quietly. Yes. God's decision was to make her a wife. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, boy, that's just amazing what you were just saying. So as I said, I, you know, I, I watched the, the, cho- the chosen portrayal of this. And of course, you know, we don't know, we don't know exactly what happened. Um, but we see a man who, who not only, not only needs to leave because God, tells them you need to go, um, but knows there's danger. I mean, knows there's potential of danger here and wants to protect this woman who who he is now, you know, um, in charge of. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some kind of love, 
even though it was arranged marriage, but but who he who is he's in charge of and who he has been tasked to take care of. So those feelings, again, talking about feelings, must have been really, really uh, extreme. But again, he listened. So let's let's go to let's go to Matthew two. Um, I want to kick in one thought there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because right there, as he's also taking on wife with child, mm-hmm. taking on the adoptive process. And yeah. now let's look at this parallel. Just real quick, we won't, we won't dig into it. It's like us. It's like us, our adopted father. Wow. He has now took this child in and said, okay, you know what? I, and that's why they say, they say it to him. He's like, and make her wife. Mm-hmm. In other words, bring him in. He is now, or this baby, this child is now a part of your family. And that is like that parallel to our relationship with Jesus Christ and God. So anyways, okay. <laughs> I just love it because it's important to understand these parallels. It is. It, it really is. And and looking at that, it helps us understand. Um, it helps us understand our role in this as well. Uh, you know, again, the thing about the Bible is, you know, it it is it is the word of God. It is, it's a, it's a living word and it's him talking to us. And I think so many people, because they, you know, they're thinking that the Bible is too difficult to understand or it's not for me or whatever. But once we begin to, you know, put ourselves in there or try to understand it from our own perspective to some degree, then I think we can, we can get in there and we can begin to see those parallels as you were saying, as you were saying, um, and to spend more time in the work. So I, I do right. think that's important. Okay. Awesome. So, all right. So he takes, he takes her as wife. Um, and it's interesting because the gospel, you know, the, the, there's big, there's big differences between Matthew and Luke. Luke, Luke spends all the time with the birth, with, with the story of the birth. But with Matthew, we see before the birth, and then we kind of see after the birth. Um, but it's but it's in that second visitation um, after the birth when again here's danger. Joseph, you guys are in danger now. You need to you need to leave. You need to take your wife and now your son, your adoptive son, as you said. And you need to protect them. You need to take care of them. And even before, you know what, even before we go to Matthew 2, let me let me just go into Luke for a second. We're not going to read from Luke, but just imagine what it felt like. You are trying to get there. You know, you have some kind of a plan. You get to Bethlehem and, you know, there's there's no room. And you end up in a stable that's probably smelled bad. As a man, as a man, I can't imagine what that felt like, knowing that you were not able to, in your mind, provide for your wife at, at, at one of the most important times of her life. Right. I, I always try to look at this with more of a positive spin. <laughs> he was resourceful. Come on. Yeah, Come he was. got to have somewhere, anywhere that my wife could lay her head. Yeah. You know, and and honestly, back in the day, um, the stable, okay, it was a stable, but it's not the worst place. In fact, a lot of travelers, um, that would be a place that they would end up staying if inns were full. Mm -hmm. 
because it had, you know, hay and it had a place to stay. And it wasn't like they made you sleep next to the sheep, you know, and, and like it wasn't like you were laying all in the, you know, in the in the, in the bad portions of the <laughs> of the pen. But they, they always had these this this available. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think for me as a man, if, if I was in approached that, I just I, I think I'd be in the same position. Hey, but come on, there's got to be just somewhere where I can get out from underneath the, you know, the atmosphere. Is there like a cover, a, a pen or something? And I think there was a lot of resourcefulness there. And a lot of Joseph saying, come on, you know, and, and being, uh, ten, is tenacious the right word? I don't know, but like very determined. There we go. Determined is better, probably a better word. It, it, very determined though to give and provide. And I think that that is, is something that men um, have been given, believe it or not. Um, you know, we, we take this to spiritual headship. So when you take it to spiritual headship, God has put me into a position to be responsible for my family. Um, and, a, and not just a physical way, but in a spiritual way. So how do I present myself when I'm, I'm talking to this, this innkeeper who has no room for me, you know, and probably not just the first one. I would think that he probably had tried several and, and probably that anxiousness of like, are we really going to get a place? You know, this, this, this is supposed to be like, God's child, you know, it's like, you know, this, this, you know, and I want to take care of it. I want to be in this obedience. I want to, but I also want to be in this humility there where it's like, I'm not looking for the, for the, you know, the five-star hotel in DC. Uh, You know, I'm just looking for a place, a humble place for my wife to rest. And you raise humility. And I think that's really important because clearly we've seen that humility throughout this entire story. Yes. I mean, if David did not have, excuse me, if Joseph did not have that humility, we wouldn't be at this point. I mean, he would he would not have listened. He would have said no, you know. So definitely, we see that there. Absolutely. You know, but I I also want to mention the other perhaps anxiety that was happening. So the gospel does not tell us, or we don't we don't see that there was anybody else there at the birth. And of course, it's a supernatural birth, so we don't know what happened. But we do know that Jesus was fully human. So we're going to make an assumption that the birth was fully human. And there was no midwife. There was no doula there. That was Joseph touching Mary and touching Jesus as he's being born. Now, again, he's resourceful, but that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot to ask a man. You know, it is a lot. Uh, Michelle and I went through 72 hours of home birth. Uh, So we didn't have the doula. We had the... um, the ladies who would come in, once she was four centimeters, they would come in and stay. Mm. Everything before that fell on my shoulders. Uh, and then eventually, I'm going to tell you what I did. And, and here you go, man. This is this is the truth. <laughs> I called up, I called up, what, I forget what they're called. Midwife. midwife. I called up the midwife. And, and I was like, I can't, we were in like, we're going into like 30, or 48 hours, I think, at this point of Michelle just constant, you know, just constant, constantly put like these these contractions and pushing, and they're hardcore. And but and they come in, they're like, "Well, she's not four centimeters," and they leave. And I'm like, I finally call. I said, "I can't take it no more." Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sixty hours. I'm sorry, at sixty, centimeters. oh six centimeters. I'm sorry, I got I got someone over there calling out numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, oh she but, knows. Oh uh, yeah, knows. she knows. It's, but at six centimeters, and, and and she wasn't there, so I'm just like. Y'all gotta come, please help me. So I, I, I think I crumbled a little bit. Uh, but you're right, Joseph. You know, doesn't say whether he did or he didn't. But I also know that jo- Jewish culture, that if there was any women around, either the innkeeper's wife or something like that, and they knew that a woman was going through pregnancy, 
they probably stepped in a little bit and helped out. It was just culturally that way. That's true. And as I said, we, we don't know. Yeah, we don't so know. We can, we can look at it from both ways. And even if there were people to help out, he had to be nervous. He had to be worried. You know, this is, you know, this, again, she was, she was his responsibility and, and she was his wife and he was tasked with this, not only her, but this really important responsibility um, that he believed that she was bringing the son of God into the world. I just, again, can't imagine. Awesome. Right. And, and, and you know, I, every, every dad that's out there that's been in a birth with their wife, <laughs> if it was a, a, a flesh birth, <laughs> we know the <laughs> sounds that come out, unless it was just one of those super easy ones. We didn't have that. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad, I'm glad Michelle's in the background. She's keeping you honest. So that's good. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, the birth, you know, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome. The shepherds come. I mean, it's just, well, I'm not saying it's awesome for them. I mean, I'm sure it was to some degree. It was very awesome once, once Jesus came into the world and, um, yeah, I mean, again, we can, you know, we 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 read what's there in our minds because we, you know, we're human and we know how births happen. We we think we know what happened, but um, just incredible. So Jesus is born, um, and 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 everybody should know this: the Magi is not there. They come later uh, because they were still traveling. And I don't know about you, but I have two nativities in my house. And I hide the Magi. Like, I put them in another room. Like, they're still coming. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're, on the sh- they're on the shelves somewhere away from the nativity. We should probably um, do that same thing. But, yeah. But, <laughs> it's just kind of fun. Like, I'm like, can right. you yeah, ask Tim, where, can, can you find the Magi? Where are they? Well, if you're going to um, do that, then you need to build a house and hide it, too. Yeah. Because actually, Joseph was very resourceful. It kind of shows this as well. They gave birth in a in a at an inn in a you know in a, in a stable. Mm-hmm. If that's even what it was, you know, we we don't know that. By if you look theologically, those words could be different things. But anyways, they weren't in the inn. But by the time the Magi come, it actually says that they were in a house. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is right. true. It, it have the house. So have the house put aside too. So that way, when the Magi come, they can see <laughs> baby Jesus in the house, not the manger. That's right. <laughs> So, all right. So then, so then, um, you know, then the Magi are coming and, and, and they encounter, you know, Herod and, you know, Herod is disturbed by thinking there is a threat to his royalty. Um, so again, the angel intervenes uh, and the angel tells, and this is happening in a dream. I, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that the first time, but both encounters happen. I think both encounters happen to 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 Joseph in a dream. Certainly, the second one does. And it says, um, "An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream." This is Matthew two verse thirteen. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Now, just like you said, what 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 was the phrase you used? Something act. What was it again? Move, uh, shoot, move, communicate. Like you, you, it's it's one of our old army terms. Like you shoot, you hear, you move. It's like it's like here we go, we gotta go. So, yeah, well, and and here we see it again. So now yes. in verse fourteen, so he got up, right? Yep. Like yep. he he moves, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. Mm. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
out of Egypt, I call my son. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, he listens. Yes. And he and he is humble. So, all right, he has the house at the time. He's 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 resourceful, as you said. They're probably in some comfort. Now he's got to move again. Right. But he listens and and he reacts and he and he does what the Lord tells him to do. Amen. Yeah. I love that. So I love good. That provision. You know, yeah. we look at this story and and we learn that when we move with God. He provides now how that looks, you know, looks different for every story, for every testimony. Mm -hmm. um, but when you jump back to when the Magi are coming, what did they do? You know, and it always says three. I'm not even going there either, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, 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 these guys rolled in caravans. They were like they, they, they had all these people around them, probably multiples. But we do know that they gave gifts. Mm -hmm. We do know that they gave frankincense, myrrh and gold. Yeah. And so we know that. God had already put into provision a way, a way of stability. Um, because I feel like Joseph wasn't reckless. I don't think that he, you know, he got his gold and he went out to the, the like in the chosen, <laughs> I, what season, I can't remember what season or what episode, but where they're going down, they gamble in the little, in the little bar or whatever, you know, whatever. But it's like, I, I, I pretty, I feel like Joseph wasn't that guy. No. But that he would, he would reserve what he has, you know, when you think of the cost of frankincense and myrrh and what it was worth in the trade value, and you think of, you know, the gold that he had, God had built this provision for him to move. Mm -hmm. um, now, it takes us to move. It takes us to sit there and say, whoo, I got to drop everything. You know, I started to get comfortable. Like you said, you know, he had a house, you know, he's, he's you know, probably get settled. Baby's probably crying a lot. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Look, I don't know, y'all. Maybe Jesus was that good baby. Never maybe. I don't, know. Baby, I, don't yeah. know. I, I don't know, but I'm just taking it to what I know. And so we'll just leave it there, you know, and, and, and to move during that period of time um, in our, and if I was to look at when Kalia was born and, and the days after what Michelle was going through the recovery and, and all of these things, it's a tough one. You know, hey, you got to move now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? Okay. Imagine if we could do that in our lives. Imagine if when God said move, we just, okay, okay, let me just go. And you know what? They moved, he moved him into Egypt and he got him away from a man who was trying to take out, you know, Satan, trying to take out the Davidic line. I mean, that's what that was about. It was like, we, if we take out Jesus, well, he can't do what, you know, he, everyone, all these, all these prophets and prophecies are saying he's going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's it's amazing how God just provided and took care of, and and again, you know, He was obedient, um, self control too. I think in that as well. It's like okay, huh, let's move. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about looking at the fruits. I mean, yeah, we could we could look at the fruits <laughs> and right. look at Joseph. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. Amen. We can see several there. So okay, so to kind of. Um, you know, kind of bring this full circle. I want to go back to the article in Christianity Today that kind of spurred this for me. And you talked about humility and you talked about obedience. And so the writer, the writer, I think, brings this back. And he says, as God used Joseph, so does he intend to use us to carry out his purposes for our generation. Mm -hmm. But this requires of us the kind of spirituality that transcends denominational traditions and legalistic mindsets. We must also carefully avoid the snares of the flesh to remain sensitive to God moving in our time, our time. So yeah, we can read this story 
And we can think, oh, that happened back then. And I, I can't connect with that. But yeah, we can and we should because God is moving in our time. Right. And he is he's using us today in 2021, about to be 2022, to carry out his purposes for our generation. And I, I think that's really important. Oh, I would agree with you. Um, I think coming back, because I came back, uh, so I was, you know, I, raised, I was in the church for a little while. Um, originally, parents weren't in the church, um, but after their divorce, they both found their way back into the church uh, through different means. But I had a different outlook, so it took me a long time to get back. Not outlook in the sense I believed, man. I knew Jesus exists, God exists. My problem was I felt like I sinned, I go to hell. So I was like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. I'm never going to be able to stand in front of God. So I kind of drifted because I didn't think I was worthy. Um, Mm. That's a story for another podcast. But um, when I got back in 2014 and being in the military, and when we put our teams together, you know, we're always unified. Um, Our our, our support branches, you know, if you were to look at the Army, it has many different organizations within it. You know, you've got your artillery, you've got your, you know, you got your mess hall, you got the food, you know, you got the rations, you've got, you know, you got the beans, the bullets, and and, and what else? How do how we say it? Beans, bullets, and, and something else. But anyways, but you have all these 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 teams that have to come together to support the mission. And so I got really used to working together. Mm. You know, hey, if I needed this, I went here. If I needed this, I went here. It wasn't this big, you know, army as many. It was army as one back in my day. Um, and then in 2014, when I broke out and got back on the scene, when I hit rock bottom, I started looking at the churches and it really was concerning to me. It was really concerning to me that when we look at verses like, you know, a kingdom divided will fall. Um, you know, you could sit there and say, well, he's talking about Satan's kingdom. And no, but you have to think about this. When things are said in the Bible, they have implication all the way across the board when it comes to organization. Um, and so when it says a kingdom divided will fall, and you look at the, the way that we're running our churches today so divided, you come mm-hmm. to this quick conclusion coming out of the military. I was fresh, and I'm like, something not right here. Like, we're so far away from each other, theological debates and, and all of these other things. And I'm like, what if we were just to hold to the gospel? What if we were just to hold to this good word? We would come and become unified. And, and, and so when you, you know, we're talking like, as you know, your article that you were reading says, it's like, wow, you know, and then of course legalism creeps in here or there. And sometimes I think, sometimes legalism is called legalism when it's not legalism, but then sometimes it needs to be called legalism. See, another division. And that's Satan's game. That's, that's the Luciferian system at work because he wants division. Because why? It's not, my, my salvation, we were talking about this the other day, it's like, Oh, well, what if something ever went wrong in our church? And, and it's like, well, maybe I would swallow my pride. I would humbly sit in, in, in my church, you know, because I'm watching fruits of the Spirit be manifested through my child. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I would have to take my pride, put it aside, because I'm seeing my salvation is secure. My, what Michelle and I are talking about is like our salvation is secure, but hers isn't. And imagine uprooting her out of a system or, or, you know, where she has friends, where she has great teaching. I mean, like, our pastor's wife is a beautiful child's teacher. Like, I mean, she comes out, she was quoting John 3, 6, two years old, quoting John three sixteen, walking down the road the other day. We didn't even know she knew it. Mm-hmm. And, and she's quoting this. So this division that this guy is talking about, this religion that this guy is talking about, is actually making the, the church, the body of Christ, weaker. And I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I, 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 it, it, this is my passion, my passion is not to sit there and beat people up about minor theological indifferences. 
Let's get out there and be the, the light that shines on Jesus. Work together. Uh, we just blended churches. It, amazing. Our church, there was another church in a, in a school. They, you know, COVID hit. They didn't have a place to go. We offered. We, you know, pastor and, and the other pastor had a, had a, a relationship kind of going because they were trying to get local pastors together, which is tough. I, I don't understand <laughs> that. It's like, come on, y'all. Just get together. Pray together. Anyways, another story again. But what's cool about this relationship is we got to watch one pastor humbly step down and come in with us. And now we're, you know, we turned ICC uh, and GGCF into GGCC. So during COVID, we actually blended two separate churches together because what do we believe? We believe in the gospel. We believe in the finished work. We believe in his grace. And so to see him unify, it gave me hope. It's like, what if we could start building churches start coming together. Who cares if you're over here Methodist or over there, whatever, you know, whatever you're, I'm non-denom by the way, so I'm just calling it out because I, I feel like I'm that. I'm like, I want, I want to love everybody. But like, what if the men's groups from different churches would just come together every so often and pray together, be together? And then, you know, not steal from one, you know, that, we're not trying to steal each other, but just come together. And so that guy is hitting it on the point. It's like this, this division within our churches is really making us weaker. No, I think that's really interesting. I'm seeing that here. Um, and I think we're probably could see it elsewhere. So um, my church is in a growing season. I, I go to two churches. I was raised Catholic. I go to a non-denominational church for the most part. And I also go to Episcopalian church. So I just, because I, I find God everywhere. Literally, that's what the podcast is about. I find God everywhere. So, um, and it, and I get fed spiritually in lots of different ways. So, um, in my non-denominational church, which is, which is my primary church, we're in a growing season. We are, uh, we are growing campuses and Mm. we are going into communities where we are seeing opportunities to partner with other churches that maybe are failing. And you, and like you say, you, you've got that humility of the pastor to say, look, I'm going to step in with you guys because I know that this is best for this community. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take that. Yes. And you know, one of the most, one of the biggest podcasts right now is a podcast on the failing of the Mars Hill church. Oh, yeah, I've been listening. Everyone's kind of talking about that. And I, I think that people are really interested. Well, first of all, people, people love podcasts about conflict, right? <laughs> I mean, people do. Um, yeah, it it, it is so sad to see when a successful church is failing, you know, and, but it it does take people willing to put aside, you know, ego and come together for the community. And so you're seeing it happen and I'm seeing it happen too. So I think we're going to maybe continue to see that happen. I'm such a fresh set of eyes that like when they started talking about the Mars Hill on one of our groups, right? I was like, Mm -hmm. What is this? So I just went out and started listening. I don't even know what the pastor did. I'm not to that point in the whole podcast. So I'm like, so you sit in it because you're like, okay, you're trying to be biased in it. And you're like, well, uh, okay. And there's good points and there's bad points. And you're like, where's this going to end though? And I don't know how it ends. So I'm going to wait. Well, and I don't either. I, I have not finished that as well. Right. Um, but it is. It but, is but you're right. It's, it's, you know, when you start getting into me, 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 um, and, and not, you, 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 mm-hmm. and we start to we start to have problems. Yeah, so true, so true. 
And, and it takes us back and takes us away from what Joseph was. Let's get back to Joseph, right? He was a family man. You know, he, he was with his wife and his child. He was a provider. You know, God provided, he provided. And, and it's like, whatever that looked like, whether it was like, I don't, you know, whatever that looks like, I, you know, I, I know that God lays down the law for, for men and, and how we should be. And there is a way that we are supposed to be and a way that we're supposed to live our lives. And I believe Joseph is that example. If you were to look at a biblical example of how men should be, I think Joseph would fo- follow in suit with that. Imperfect, absolutely, we're all human. But, you know, what's funny about those two is Mary and Joseph have never, there was never anything negatively written about them. It was right. always, it was always, yes, God. So that's interesting. Absolutely. No, Joseph definitely was a model. They, they, they both were. Yes. Um, and, and we, we don't know, we, we know that he didn't survive. We, we don't know a whole lot more about him, but we do know that he was a man of God. And as you said, you know, he listened when that needed to happen. He was there. He reacted. He moved. Um, he was not, not that God couldn't have, struck down Herod and taking care of Jesus by himself, but that's the, well, wasn't the plan. The plan was for him, for Joseph to be there to, to save his family. And he did that. So definitely a model. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love him for that. A doer, not a hear. And uh, he moved forward in that. And he, and he, and then what they eventually come back from Egypt as well. And, and that's another, another beautiful story of listening and really when I was thinking about Joseph, if, if I was just going to sit here for a second and just wrap him up in a bow, you know, biblical bow. I, I don't like the worldly bows and all my opinions and stuff. Um, now, my opinion is this verse fits him very well. Uh, but I feel like he's a Philippians 4.8 guy, you know, where it's like, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I feel like that's Joseph. And you'd wrap him right up in that bow. Amen. Amen. Wow. I think we ended there. That's perfect. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shay. Oh, I, I awesome. knew. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew we'd have a great conversation. Oh, I knew you'd be the one to have um, some great insights on this. And so, uh, I encourage people. I encourage people to read the Bible. I mean, and I encourage people to spend time in scripture really every day. It's easy now during this season, it's easy now to read the gospels and read the, you know, the, the Christmas, um, story. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's so, there's just so many jewels in there. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we spend a lot of time there and she's awesome. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. You know, Elizabeth. Awesome. You know, there's so many powerful women, yeah, uh, the word of God that just this just I love to read their stories, you know, Esther. I mean, I took a verse out of Esther because I just think that like the calling that was laid on her life and, you know, Mordecai working, oh, you know, the way in with, you know, all of this. It's you. You you could be this person. And it's just amazing how she she rolls through that. Deborah. I mean, uh, anyway. I love could go Deborah. on. I could go on. I love Deborah. Good. All right, Hi, man. Michelle. Michelle's joining us. Hey, how are you? Hey. Good. 
I figured I would jump on the official way so I didn't have to like get a back cramp, cr- like <laughs> squ- squatting in his shot. I think we're still recording. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Bonus, bonus content. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is good. Well, I, I wanted to, you know, before we end up, I wanted to say again, thank you. And yeah. tell us more about the Pantry Podcast, where we can find you. Uh, you're doing so many great things. Uh, look at that shirt. For those of you who are watching the video, let's see that shirt. Spiritually yeah. nourished. So awesome. So awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so you can find us uh, at thepantrypodcast.com. You can find us on all the platforms, uh, Spotify, uh, Amazon even now, I think. I believe you can ask Alexa to play yes. the Pantry Podcast. And it'll do it now. And Woo, it will. Come on. Uh, Let us know. We're also on Eternity uh, Radio. Eternity Ready Radio. Ready Radio. Yeah. Go ahead. Just spill it because you do it better than I do. The best way is thepantrypodcast.com because from there you can see many of the platforms, but we're pretty much everywhere. Um, But from there you can listen directly on our website or subscribe from one of the more common ones that we are available on. Yeah. And we're also on YouTube now. We're on YouTube now. Our season seven is now video. So you can now see us when we do our shenanigans. (laughs) Okay, Michelle, last words about this amazing man. You're, you're split screen right now, so some last <laughs> words about this amazing man. I'm not saying he's Joseph. I mean, we're not, I'm not right. saying that, but what do you have to say about Shay? Man, I think that I'll put it like this. When I first came to Christ, I came to Christ because of the book of Revelation. That's another story in itself. But I remember that in that moment, I prayed to God, Lord, send me a man that I could go through the end times with. Now that doesn't mean post-rapture or pre-rapture or any of that. It just means like in those crazy end times, send me that man. And, uh, And I just felt like, whoa, God heard that. And then fast forward several months and this guy shows up at church and he's standing there tatted and with a zero gauge earrings in and he's crying while worship is happening. And he's all alone at church and he catches my eye. And it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a long time well, it would be a long time before we actually uh started dating. But uh he loves the Lord. He puts what the Lord says before what he wants or thinks. And if you can find yourself a man like that, you're not gonna have many complaints. And the ones that you do have, God will be working on and the man that you're with won't necessarily be fighting God tooth and nail every step of the way, which makes it um, a very wonderful experience, a sharpening, encouraging, fun time. So that's, that's the man I'm with. So please come back. I would love to, I would love to have a marriage show. I feel that I've got some similarities in asking the Lord for a good man. Uh, Tim does not like to go on camera, so he probably won't <laughs> join us. But he is su- he is such a man of God, and I, I, I it wasn't from Revelation, but we had this, a very similar experience where I asked the Lord to to send me someone. So please come back so we can have that conversation. We will love absolutely, that. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, and have a wonderful and very merry Christmas. You too. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. 
And also on the website, go to the talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.